walks to the front of the class with the robes billowing behind him, stands in the front of the room and says, I am an evil god. (laughs) I'm here to make a deal with you. Uh, welcome to What's Law Got to Do With It? A lighthearted look at Canada's law schools. I'm Professor Richard Haig. I'm a co-host. And I'm Adam Lachance, co-host as well. So Adam and I will, hopefully, uh, every podcast, talk a little bit about the law school experience in Canada. We'll have some guests come in, and the idea is to make this, uh, yeah, as I say, a little little look at law school, what life is like in law school, what it means to be a law student. Uh, but not at all serious. We're about we're gonna have fun with this podcast. So that's that's the idea. So today, hello, my name is Lillianne. I am the first guest of this esteemed podcast. I did survive law school unscathed. It's great that we have her on the show. So the other thing about Lil that we should know is that I taught her in first year state and citizen many years ago. Well, not that many, Lil. And Lil came to me, I believe it was March, let's say, of first year in her typical Lil fashion and said, I was wondering, Professor Haig, if you have a need of a research assistant to help you out with stuff. And I thought, that's pretty good. Nobody else has come up to me to ask me to do that. And she just seemed full of life and vim and vigor. And and so I, I decided to take Lil on as a, as a research assistant. And she subsequently stayed with me on a couple of big projects. And so we, uh, yeah, we stayed in touch. And I think that, uh, I think the world of her, I think she's, you're actually, uh, when uh, you're, you're beyond law school now, right? I'm beyond law school. I just finished articling ah. this June. So our first guest has gone through the, the ringer, has come out intact. For the most part. Yeah. So welcome, Lil. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so Adam and I, the plan is we'll, you know, we'll, we're not interviewing you or it, as such, you can just pipe in whenever you want. And the idea is each week we'll have a slight theme that we'll kind of riff off of and hopefully that will take us through the podcast. So today's theme is, um, we're actually, Adam, did you do your reading? We're, we're, we're going through Alan Hutchinson's book, which is called The Law School Book, Succeeding at Law School. And so I'm... I'm going to be assigning Adam various readings each week. This week's reading comes from chapter one of uh, Alan Hutchinson's book. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't actually read that yet, but I'm sure I'll get to it at some point. All right. Well, we'll manage, I think. And Lil, did you, I I can't even remember if we told you to read this or not. (laughs) I read it long ago, so I will try to recall from summer before law school what Hutch had to say. All right. So I we should I should say a little bit. Alan Hutchinson is a, another professor here at uh, Osgood, and he wrote this book as a as a guide or a helpful primer to getting through law school. And so today we're looking at chapter one. So Adam, stay with us. So Alan talks about myths. I think we're going to cover these myths today. Hopefully, some some or all of them, and I'll list them all off at the beginning, and then we'll come back to maybe discussing some of them in detail. So the myths that Hutch says about law school are, first, law school is difficult. Myth number two, a law degree is a meal ticket for life. Myth number three, law school grades are notoriously low. Myth number four, law professors are a bunch of sadistic prima donnas. Myth 
number, where are we, five? <laughs> We're at five. Five, now. okay. <laughs> law school is all theory and no practice. I should say that law school is not meant for people who are bad at, or actually it is meant for people who are bad at numbers, right? It's okay to be bad at numbers. Uh, myth number six, taking undergraduate law courses gives you an edge. And myth number seven, I want to be a criminal lawyer or litigator. So those are the myths. Um, so Adam, having not read any of that, do you think, what do you think? About it? <laughs> Let's start with law school is difficult. You're, you've done one, of, one year out of three. Yeah. So coming out of uh, first year law school or 1L, I would agree with the first myth. <laughs> that it's not school. difficult? No, I would agree that it is difficult. Oh, oh, so you disagree with the myth. Yeah. See, this is what would happen when you don't do the readings so and <laughs> yeah. you get the question. A myth. Let me just remind you, a myth means that it's probably not true. Oh, fair enough. Uh, no, that's okay. So that changes my whole understanding of all of these myths. <laughs> oh, good. Knowing You're what quick. a myth you is. You are a good law student then. See, you figured it quickly. Yeah. Law school, I think, was a challenge, but I was pleasantly surprised that it was doable. It wasn't something where it was not obtainable for anybody. It was something where you could kind of figure out your strategies and there was a lot of different approaches and everyone would do something different their own way. And it seems like we all made it in the end. Yeah. What's your take, Lil? Yeah, I would have to agree. I don't think you have to be a genius to succeed at law school. I do think that you have to work really hard and that might be a big adjustment from people coming from undergraduate or even graduate degrees. I came from a journalism background. I don't know how other people worked in their undergraduate degree, but I didn't work particularly hard. <laughs> oh, okay. <I laughs> and see. so that was a big leap for me was just the amount of work required to not even do well, just to get B's is still, still demanding. And I think that's really the hardest part. Not hard, doable. Right. Just Which is to basically, that. so that's what Hutch says. While law school is not easy, it's by no means as difficult as myth would have it. Everyone who's admitted is fully capable of getting through law school. And not only that, but doing well. The difficult part is getting in, not staying there. Okay, so you two kind of... That's fair. ...would, would <laughs> say that that's fair. See, my problem... So I'm going to be the contrarian almost every week, by the way. <laughs> but... Okay, that makes sense. First of all, this is written by a law professor. Law professors don't find law school difficult, right? You two have managed well. What happens about... What if you ask somebody who really struggled? There must be some who struggle, and they might say that it's difficult. No? It's possibly. I could see... If you did have a little bit more trouble with uh, first year, you might say, um, I, it is impossible. What do you mean? Right. Like that's the, you can't do all the readings. There's too many readings. Uh, you, there's always something you have to do. You're trying to balance extracurriculars and school. So I could definitely see the other side of that. Um, but for me, it still obtains that it's not beyond reach. And it certainly is not difficult to get through because I think the one thing that students in first year may not realize is that nobody fails law school. Nobody. It's almost a safety net it's, it in is, the curve. Yeah. Yes. So that, in that sense, again, I think he's right. But it, you know, I, I definitely, over my years, I've met students who found it tough, right? It, it, and, but maybe they don't do the work. That's the thing. I don't really grill them on how much of the reading they do. Uh, well, I did pretty poorly in my first semester of law school and then okay in second semester of first year. 
the difference between that year and the other years where I did well was learning how to succeed, which was which involved, you know, reading, getting to maybe, which is something they tell everyone else to do, and which I, you know, repeat That's with emphasis. That's going to be one of our homework assignments. Yes. Yeah. Adam yeah. I already read two chapters. I was too bored. I couldn't keep going. Oh, I'm going to assign you one of the chapters you didn't read. <laughs> it was invaluable, really, uh, because you're, you're figuring out a whole new way of, of writing exams for, for most people, for everyone. Fact patterns are entirely new to anyone coming into law school. And you, you just have to sort of figure out what the strategy is. And so don't be discouraged by, by not figuring it out right away. Even the two chapters I read before I fell asleep and stopped reading, I got that kind of the paradigm shift of, oh, I should be approaching this as uh, like I would like the LSAT or something. Like it's these tests are their own monster almost. Mm-hmm. That you can kind of figure out and there's like some patterns built in. I just didn't need to know about every single pattern. I was going <laughs> right. crazy. Well, I have to say, I've never read the book, so it's going to be good homework for me. What is it? Getting to maybe or getting to yes? Getting like, to yeah, maybe. I'd already forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> getting to maybe. I better write that down. Uh, so what, do they tell you to read that before? I got I, it. They don't tell you to read Hutch's books, it, or do they? Or? Getting to maybe was more folklore. It was sort of, you know, whispered in the halls. Uh, Hutchinson's book was on the reading was, list. It did it, yeah, it might even have come with the orientation package. Right. Did, yeah. Actually, yeah, we got sent a copy in the mail. Yeah, yeah we got some right. PDF access to like a chapter. Right, okay. But getting to maybe is, okay, that's, that. yeah. You read a lot, don't you? As a journalist, you probably, a student, you read before, and before coming here anyway. Right? Definitely, but I only read for fun. I only read things that I wanted to read. So it was a bit of an adjustment having to read, you know, old contracts cases from the 1800s, for example. We uh, all did that. That's, isn't that, that <laughs> it's hilarious that in contracts, it's, contracts, yeah. in particular, you get those old English cases that they love to still assign. Um, it can be a bit of a slog. Yeah. On like your first week, um, I was like, what is happening in this? Like, am I supposed to understand this? Right. I wasn't, apparently. No. And, <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I teach criminal law. And I'm going to be teaching it this year. And one of the first cases we read is an old 1800 case. And the language is, it's archaic, right? And yeah. It's hard to even understand what the judge is getting at. And so you haven't kind of had to, as a professor, you have translated into modern language. But yeah, and I don't think... That is not a skill you really need to develop in law school. The ability to read archaic language is not something that you need to, but the ability to read, (laughs) (laughs) period, is is something. uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) And it's reading in a different way, though. That's the other thing. I So I love reading. Even as an engineering student, I used to read fiction. And so I think that was partly why I was attracted to law. But it reading you know for pleasure reading for most other subjects is not quite the same as the way you read law especially having to read contracts or reading statutes mm-hmm. nobody does that for fun you do that for a job and it's a different way of reading i think right i found that reading case law was an acquired type of reading acquired skill that you had to practice doing and that i really only got a feel for once i started working and it became required of me to read all of that case law yeah that's interesting and so so part of the as i say maybe it isn't really difficult but you have to somehow let go of probably the way you used to read or to develop a different way of reading and that takes time for some people right as you said lil it might take a year including the summer where you work after year one to really get into the groove. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. The idea of breaking down a case into its like elements, like what are the facts? What is the legal rule? That was something 
you don't need to read every single case in law school. There's these things called summaries that people will give you, but you need to learn how to read the cases because you might need to <laughs> at yeah. some point. Like you're inevitably going to have to read a case by yourself and figure out what it means. Yes, don't rely on other people. No. You have to, everything has to be done by, by as you. As much as possible. As much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I mean, you're yourself. right. But there are, it's like so many things. There are, uh, like you don't need to reinvent the wheel either. There are tools out there that help you, but you still, I, I do think I would encourage everybody to read, read the stuff that's, that's important and don't rely on every others to do your reading for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, I'm sure that's remember that for, (laughs) for, for next week when you get your assignment, but (laughs) well, some things are so counterintuitive, like even figuring out you're reading case law online, even figuring out which judge is speaking at any given moment can be difficult as a first year law student. These things seem so basic at a certain point when you've, you know, read hundreds and hundreds of cases, but at the beginning it can seem I didn't Ridiculous. care. Everyone was talking about the judge's names. I'm like, who cares what the judge's name is? And then it turns out later they're like, they want someone wants to tell you who was dissenting or something. And I was like, oh, it's very important. Oh, yeah. I cared about these judges from day one, too. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's hard as a professor. You, you kind of try to explain all of those basic things mm-hmm. in the early part. But in a way, it, again, it probably just it goes over the heads of some people or they think, why, why, what's the point of that? It would be like in medical school, say the, the anatomy professor saying, we all have two arms and you think, yeah, yeah, of course we all have two arms, but it, you know, if there's an important role in the function they play and it's important to know, you know what they do, maybe that's not the best analogy, but it's what I just thought of. <laughs> all right, moving on a law degree. It, we get that, one per episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, there'll be more. Don't worry. More than one. A law degree is a meal ticket for life. Now remember, Adam, this is a myth. So in other words, Hutch is saying, so is it's it or not is it? a meal okay. ticket for uh, life. I'm still confused. <laughs> <laughs> so that means, so what does he say? If this myth ever were true, it's no longer valid. The market for law jobs. And this is the, this is the, this is the pessimistic uh, myth, right? In other words, mm. it's no longer a meal ticket, but it's still a good job. Basically, that's what Hutch comes down on. Although the market for lawyers may not be as uniformly buoyant as many outsiders think, it's probably no more demanding or challenging than any other. And there are many communities outside large urban centers that need lawyers. So in other words, you may have difficulty finding uh, a meal ticket in Toronto. uh, And it's as good a degree as any to obtain if you're concerned about your future career prospects. So again, that kind of hedges his bets. But I think his idea is that it may be one time or another, who knows, thought that a, lawyer, a law degree would you know, make you a millionaire. You may have to dial that back these days. What? I'm sorry, wait, serious? what? <laughs> yeah. Wait. Oh, you didn't know that? You didn't, wait, just, is this a myth learning or not a myth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we can, well, maybe you want to be the contrary and then on this myth. Maybe you think it is a meal ticket no- for life. I don't even know what that means, a meal ticket for life. Depends how you define meal ticket. Yes. Is it monetary first, only or is, is it like, it, yeah, enough to feed yourself for life? Because I could definitely, I think I could pull that off. Um, I, I like the idea that I've been finding out more and more that there's like a lot of things you can do with law degrees that aren't kind of a specific route. And we, we're kind of seeing it now uh, with me going into second year, different people kind of deciding or getting an idea of what they want to try out. And um, if you're in it for a meal ticket for life, uh, there's a path for that 100%. Um, but it's not 100% of people are going to have that opportunity. There's, it's, a, it's got its own separate path and there's, it has its own challenges, uh, I think. I'm not on that path, so 
as a professor, neither am I. Fair frankly, Lil might be. I don't know if you want to say what you're about to do, but it's a it's a it's a partial meal ticket. I'd oh, say yeah. it's. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be clerking this this year in a week in a week's time actually. Whew. Yeah, um, which you know I guess could be considered a ticket to something. It's definitely a required ticket it's into McDonald's, academia at least. <laughs> yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to go into academia, I understand that it's sort of mandatory to do that. I don't think it's necessary um, to get that meal ticket. You don't have to clerk. Mm-hmm. But um, it certainly opens up doors for you. I've heard that, you know, you get to meet a lot of people when you're there. And that's certainly a great opportunity to see all the different fields available to you. But what I was going to say is that I think I have to agree with Hutchinson a little bit. I think it's important to be realistic. And, uh, you know, there are, are hurdles every step of the way in law school. Mm-hmm. Such as? I think the market is getting oversaturated. Well, it's been oversaturated for a while, but it's only getting worse. And from what I understand, it's harder and harder to get articling jobs. So I think people on, you know, can be optimistic about what they can do with their law degree, but not ex- ha- come in with certain expectations right. for what they're going to get out of it. Yeah. Well, my, my partner is a perfect example. She, uh, we met in law school. She did practice for a while, but she doesn't practice law anymore. And But her law degree, she would say, gave her opportunities that few other degrees would give you. And so, you know, in that sense, again, it's not, yeah, I probably agree with Hutch. It's not a meal ticket for life, but it opens doors that would never be opened otherwise. Whether that be practicing law or something else, it's still a really good, employable degree, I think. Uh, and you learn your critical functions that you learn in law school are, I don't know if they're ever so, uh, I don't think any other faculty or degree would, would hone them the same way that law school does. I think that that's why people want lawyers because you think critically by the, by the, you're supposed to be able to think critically. Yeah. yeah. It does develop that. I feel like it, it helps. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. I, I'm naturally a skeptic about, I, I was like, oh, it's just going to be a rodeo and we're just going to be playing like a game the whole time. But then I accidentally learned a bunch of stuff along the way and I feel like I benefited (laughs) a lot from it. So (laughs) nothing wrong with accidental learning. Yeah. It's actually sometimes the best way to learn because it doesn't feel like learning then, right? You're yeah. 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 Uh, Lil, you said before we started, you didn't, you wanted to leave the law professors are a bunch of prima donnas alone. (laughs) I'm hesitant to touch that topic. Well, actually, I will say that you're in front of me. We can talk about it. You know, I'm not a. Would you describe me as a prima donna? No, definitely okay, not. So good. So we can we can take that. So the, in other words, this is, again is a myth, Adam. I don't even know what Law, a prima donna is. <laughs> oh, well, we better. <laughs> do you want to Google that? Uh, what would be a, what would be a good uh, example of a prima donna other than an opera singer? Since that's I think where that came from. But I think sort of overdramatic, egotistical. Uh, center of attention yes. narcissist. Yes. Okay. That's all. <laughs> we put the clip. They think they, the, they think they're the bees. The needs. TV show or the movie. Uh, what's the movie called? Oh yeah, yeah. That that would be a good part. Okay. Now I assume all of you have read pages one through forty-eight and are now well versed in subject matter jurisdiction. Who can tell us about Gordon versus Steele? Let's call on someone from the hot sir. L Woods. Oh. <laughs> Um, actually, um, I wasn't aware that we had an assignment. Oh. 
Julian Kensington, do you think it's acceptable that Ms. Woods is not prepared? <laughs> no. I don't. Would you support my decision to ask her to leave class and to return only when she is prepared? Absolutely. So, law professors are a bunch of sadistic prima donnas is a myth. In other words, they're just regular people. They're ordinary. They're fine. So, Lil's already agreed that I am. So, that's one. We've got one here. You are not a prima donna. Yes. So, I'm a regular person. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm so confused. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> These myths, we're going to have to move off of myths for next week. <laughs> There's no more myths in chapter two. <laughs> we'll deal with, we'll have the seven realities of uh, law That'll school next year. Yeah. But the, this, so why I wanted to address this is because only a law professor such as Hutchinson would even think that people think that law professors are prima donnas. I bet you nobody coming to law school thinks that these are godlike figures that are going to teach them, do they? Do you, did you think that? Do you remember back to your welcome assembly when you met or, or first week of class and you had these, aren't they just like any other teacher you've had? Why would they be special? I don't know. I, I felt like I, I had it some sort of idea of professors being more special when I started first semester because it was so like foreign everything we were learning like when I found out what a tort was I was like wow <laughs> this guy knows what he's this talking person knows about torts. Yeah. and that was our professor uh, Priel and he was a great professor and obviously very knowledgeable so that in that sense you kind of like treat them as like, titans because you don't have any other reference point and you're and you want you almost want to uh, convince yourself that they're even better than they are because you're learning from them, right? So if the better you think they are, the better, oh yeah, my, my torch <laughs> professor is the best torch professor. I learned so much about torts. Like right, I might've got a C in that class, but our teacher was the best you can have. This is the competitive streak that comes in lawyers. So you say to yourself, we're better off than section B because yeah. I got real, I got the best torch. Is that what it, okay. That, that's interesting. I, that's me personally. <laughs> that's how my brain works. Well, the only prima donna moment uh, I experienced in law school actually came from Professor Hutchinson himself. And it was on the first day of law school. I don't know if you've heard what, what Hutch does on the first day of law school for his class. I know, torts but class. I'll let you explain to the listeners. I haven't heard. So there's this, I think an, he's an Italian theorist on torts law who has this analogy comparing torts law to sort of a, a social contract that society makes with each other, saying that, you know, in exchange for the convenience of using cars, of using hair dryers, of using microwaves, we might get hit by those cars. We might get electrocuted by those microwaves. We might get fried by those hair dryers. I, I lost track of the <laughs> We've accepted these hazards. <laughs> yeah. We've, we have this sort of social contract. Of course, none of us knew this on the first day of torts class. Mm -hmm. We're all sitting there. The classroom is empty. There's no professor in it yet. We're all seated. And all of a sudden, the lights flicker on and off. Professor Hutchinson is at the back of the room flickering the lights and he's wearing his lawyer robes. <laughs> he walks <laughs> to the front of the class with the robes billowing behind him, stands in the front of the room and says, I am an evil God. <laughs> I'm here to make a deal with you. And the rest of the class is him making this this deal using this analogy from Tort's Law um, with us, killing off a few of us, seeing whether we were still willing to take the deal. <laughs> he selected certain people in the class to, to die symbolically. And um, and 
you know, wanted to see whether we, any of us wanted to change our minds. And the class was divided. It created a great discussion. Yeah. But I would wow. say probably a prima donna moment, especially as your first day in school. It, you remembered that, obviously. It's burned in your memory. Seared, yeah. Right. That is a kind of a prima donna-ish approach, I suppose, because everybody thought, wow, this is, if this is what law school, if this is what law yeah. professors every are, every day, like yeah, this, yeah. it's going to be fantastic. They wear their so. robes every day. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Professor Hutchinson wasn't a prima donna, but it did set expectations pretty high. Yeah. So that, because it's weird to me that even, as I say, that he would even have to address this myth, because I, I just don't think, so what, what did you do? Adam, I should know this because you're my co-host, but what did you do before law? Um, undergraduate degree in criminal justice and public policy. Okay. At Guelph University. So when you said that, you know, you talked about Priel and this, we did you not think the same about any of your criminology profs? Well, some of them. Yeah, okay. But well, there's always, it's a, a mixed bag. and I feel like the longer you're somewhere, personally, I find when I'm somewhere, uh, I become cynical over time. So the longer I spend at an institution, the more I start to doubt. Oh, well, it's bound to happen here then. We can, t- again, we yeah. can turn to Lil and say, are you, are you more jaded now about the prima donna professors than you? <laughs> it, it definitely changes over time. But I think first year, you're right. There's, first, well, again, it's all yeah. part of the package of coming to Osgood and it's a law school and you're here and these people are. I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. And like, yeah. all these, I came here for the professors, you know, and I'm like, there they are. They're right there. And then I was like, uh, maybe I'll go to class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from my perspective, the gloss wears off fairly, you know, I don't know. I, I try to prolong the gloss as, as long as possible. But I'm a pretty down-to-earth guy, and I don't try to do anything that uh, suggests that we're, yeah, we are gods. I, I just, the funny thing to me is that you will experience possibly the same thing in practice for the first little while with, with senior partners or judges who, again, when you first you're entering another phase in your career and these people are, you know, prominent people. And, and, and that, yeah, again, I think, I think your, your built-in cynicism is a good thing to have though, over time. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we should probably wrap it up about around there. All right. Uh, maybe we'll we only got through with, two. with some, we've got a couple minutes. Uh, is there anything that uh, you guys would like to? Well, so Adam, now we, maybe next week we can do some more myths and you can actually uh, <laughs> oh, no. read the rest of them. That would be a lot of fun, I think. <laughs> oh, good. As long as it's fun, you'll do it, right? Uh, so I don't know. Wait, yeah. So that so every 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 week or every episode, I, I I'm supposed to give Adam some homework. So that sounds like the phone. Let's move on to some other myths okay. next week. I do want to be a criminal lawyer or litigator. So does that make like what is so it? That means you're or? dispelling the myth. Okay, nailed. Yeah. It. So maybe we can. Yeah. So that'll be good. And Adam, you turn your mind to who we'll invite next week for a guest. Okay. But we should really uh, thank Lil tremendously for being the first guest on the first show. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, we'll have to have you back. Maybe after you finish clerking or something. If this yeah. if this show is still on the still on the go at that point, <laughs> still on the rails. That would, yeah, <laughs> that would be great. So uh, until next time. All right. Okay. 